I've been talking about a lifestyle of the kingdom of heaven, and I'm actually going to be covering this for most of the summer. Um, and it began really with what we felt like, felt like the Lord was saying prophetically. And, and so what we wanted to do, and we felt so strong on this prophetic word, a prophetic word that we've been marinating with for over a year, where the Lord was talking about pouring out his wealth. And uh, then hearing all of the opposite from a lot of the prophets in, in the land about a shaking that's coming and, um, you know, economic failures and all of this. And so uh, we were asking the Lord, you know, which is it? And he said, uh, both. And so we thought, okay, well, we want to be on the right side of this thing. And so uh, we felt like the Lord gave us a lot of revelation and insight, biblical insight of uh, how to give us legs and handlebars so that we can uh, ride this bicycle of revival. Amen? Um, And so uh, what I wanted to do today is I wanted to talk about uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount because I, I feel like Jesus was very clear when he came and he began to preach on the kingdom. And the Sermon on the Mount is really basically what Mike Bickle calls the constitution of the kingdom, which I think is a great way to put it. However, before I, I, I go into talking about the Sermon on the Mount, there's one of the things that I think is, is, is very uh, misunderstood about the Sermon on the Mount. And that is, uh, it, it, it has a tendency to, to scream works, Right? It's like, oh, wait, there's a list. There's a list of things I have to do. And I, I just love what uh, Peter was talking about. It's, it's really not works, but it's really entering into the rest of the Lord and the grace of God. And so really the Sermon on the Mount is just basically partnering and co-laboring with the grace of God so that we can win and be successful. Um, this lifestyle that I've been talking about, this lifestyle of heaven, that's for every single one of us to walk in. This lifestyle actually has titles for each one of us. That we are citizens of heaven. We are not citizens of the earth. The word is very clear on that. That we don't belong to the earth. We, uh, when we got born again, we got born again from heaven. And therefore, we became citizens of heaven. That is our home. Say, say heaven is my home. Right. All right. And we are ambassadors of that place called to bring the kingdom to the earth and co-labor with Christ in doing this. The word also says that we are messengers and that we are witnesses. We are we testify of what we see and what we hear in heaven and we bring heaven to the earth. Um, My daughter, our daughter, uh, Bliss, has just moved back into town. And um, uh, as many of you know, uh, Bliss had an accident when she was about 21, about nine years ago, and she's a quadriplegic. So I, on Friday, uh, all of her, uh, the truck with all of her furniture was coming in, and um, she had hired um, through apartment locators, by the way, who will give you free movers. She went through apartment locators, so they gave her these free movers, these three guys that were there. And so, you know, I wasn't really expecting a whole lot. The word free and mover, you know, you're, you're thinking, I'm going to be doing a lot of work today. 
And um, but these guys showed up, and and they were they were in, they had such a great attitude. You know, it was like six p.m. They'd been moving other people all day, and in fact, they told me they said, "Yeah, this this other apartment uh, that we moved was supposed to or moved into was supposed to be on the second floor." It was on the fourth floor. <laughs> so up and downstairs all day long. And they came and they had a great attitude. And so we were, we were just talking. And, and so I, I got to know each one of their names. There was Mario, um, there was Leaf, and there was um, Abraham. And so I thought, okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. And so we were all moving together. And so I'm, 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 I'm helping Abraham. Well, not helping him. He's kind of helping me. But I have this little box, and he has this huge box. And so we're, we're taking uh, this stuff up to Bliss's apartment. And, um, and I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, so what's up with this guy? Listen what I did. I consciously opened the door to heaven. It was an effort on my part. And so I was co-laboring and I was partnering with the Lord. And I saw the word over him, soccer. So I said, so you play soccer. And he said, I do play soccer. How'd you know that? And I, and I, I, made, I made a prophetic mistake. I said, oh, the word is written over your head. And then I went, because the Holy Spirit told me. <laughs> you know, I got that look like, you know, a dog that hears a loud sound when I said it's written over your head. So the Holy Spirit was a little bit more digestible for him. And, uh, and, he, and he paused for a minute, and he, and he said, what else did the Holy Spirit tell you about me? And I thought, wow, that's an incredible invitation, right? So uh, I said, well, you know, let me ask him, and uh, let's just keep moving, because so, we're going, you know, I'm going up and down the stairs because I'm trying to get a workout. He's going in the elevator. And uh, I started a competition with these three guys going, I can beat you. I don't know why, but anyway. So, um, so towards the end, I began to prophesy to him. And I said, Abraham, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying to you. And, um, and so I began to tell him the secrets of his heart. Words of knowledge were coming, just flowing out of me. And he said, you don't understand. I don't tell anybody what you just said. That is just that's like the inner place that I keep. These things that I think, these things that I was even thinking when I came over here, you just said to me. And I was like, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> so the, the day goes on, and before he left, I said, listen, uh, he was in an automobile accident, and he didn't have one kidney, and his spleen was damaged. And um, and so I, I told him, I said, I really want to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And so, he, and, and he asked me, he said, would you, can I record you? Would you tell me everything that you spoke about me? And so he wanted to record it. And, and, um, and he said, uh, uh, and I asked him if I could lay hands on him. And he said, yes, you can. And so I did. And man, the Holy Spirit fell on him. And the side, his side, that, that where he was missing the kidney, just became on fire. I said, what are you feeling? He said, my, my side is like, it's like a fire on the inside, you know, and he's shaking and he's crying and he's hugging me, you know, this like 22 year old, uh, by the way, he's a Muslim and, and he's hugging me. He's kissing my face and he's like, and I said to him, have you considered Jesus? And he said, you know, I'm really searching. I'm really, I'm really searching and I am really going to search out Jesus because this is real. And so we go out to the other two guys, to Mario and this guy named Leaf. And, um, and I said, listen, guys, I realize I gave you a small tip 
Um, but what you did today was so meaningful to me that I want to leave you with something that's even greater. I want to pray and I want to prophesy over you. And so um, as I laid hands on both of them, accurate words of knowledge, like, for example, with Leaf. And I'm just giving you these testimonies because, man, this is a kingdom of heaven. By the way, this is the Holy Spirit. I'm not nervous. <laughs> if I throw my hip out, you know, you guys will be like, wow, <laughs> glory. Um, anyway, so, so this guy, Leaf, I, he, he, uh, we had been talking earlier, and he was saying he wants to go into the medical field and and they're, uh, both of those young boys, two young boys were students. And I said, um, I just hear the Lord calling you to, uh, f- uh, to the field of politics. I, I just feel like you're going to be in the realm of, of politics. And he said, well, I just graduated with a political science degree. And I, and I was like, okay, that's cool. And I said, also, your, um, your family, uh, they, are, they start businesses generationally. They've started business. They're very entrepreneurial. And he said, well, actually, this is my father's business that I'm working in. And, yes, he starts businesses, and they are entrepreneurial. And I said, and you're, you're on your mother's side of the family, they, um, they uh, came from the Mayflower. Like, generationally, they came from the Mayflower. And he said, yes, they did come from the Mayflower. And so, uh, the, so, so, so Abraham, the Muslim, is about to explode. And he's like, He's, and he says to Mario, you have to let her do this. She is going to tell you the secrets of your heart. And it was like the woman on the way of the well, you know, and it was just like this whole thing going on. And I told them, I said, listen, you guys have been marked by God. Uh, God sent a prophet to stand before you. And now you have been marked and you have to do something with the words that have been spoken over you. And you have to make a decision is this true or is this false? And I said, you know, Jesus is real and he's alive today. And so I'm just believing. Actually, uh, Abraham took down my telephone number and I told him, I said, there are people that do what I do at my church. This, we're just made up of a bunch of prophets. So come and you'll get more of this. Praise the Lord. Isn't that exciting? So I was just getting exercise and, and moving my daughter. But what happened is that they had an encounter with the living God because I'm a citizen. I'm an ambassador. I'm a witness. And I'm a messenger. And that's every single one of us are called to live that life. And the only thing that I did is I opened the door. But really, the body of Christ... We, we're still functioning as orphans. That's why this shift is about to happen. Because the majority of the body of Christ are still orphans. And they're standing. The Lord said, I set a banqueting table before you. Every single thing that you need belongs in Christ, in me, in heaven. And we're all dying of starvation and malnutrition because we don't know how to access that door. And so we're standing in front of a refrigeration a refrigerator, right? In heaven. There we are. It's there. And we're standing outside of it. And everything we need, all the food that we need is in that refrigerator. But because we're orphans, we don't even open the door. Because we don't think that that belongs to us, that that's our portion. But the Lord is saying no more to the church. And we are in the hour of the greatest shift in the history of humankind right now, guys. And the Lord is saying, I am not going to forsake America, but these dry bones are about to live and they're about to dance. Have you ever seen dancing? 
from dry bones. Woo! It's going to be fun. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about, I'm, well, today and probably next week, I don't think I'm going to get to the whole Sermon on the Mount, but um, uh, I, I really want to give you guys some handlebars. So we are going to be talking about practically how do we do this, practically how do we access this place, Amen. All right, so the ministry of Jesus, he came to describe, to demonstrate, and to deliver the kingdom of heaven into the earth. He said this very clearly. He said, listen, I only do what I see my father doing, and I only say what I I hear my father saying. He was actually the greatest um, plagiarist (laughs) on the planet. I mean, talk about a copycat. Because he was saying, listen, I don't even do this kind of stuff on my own accord. I'm not making this stuff up, and I'm not doing it out of my own mind and out of my own flesh. Because he was born from heaven. He was was 100% man and 100% God, right? And so he came to demonstrate and to show us exactly who we are called to be. Because we are man, but we have Christ living on the inside of us. I like to refer to it as we are Christ in a wetsuit, and the wetsuit is your personality and your fleshly body. But Christ is standing here in a Tracy suit, you know, with big Texas hair and heels that are too tall when you're shaking like, like like you know, a leaf. So he said, this is what it looks like to be the new man. He was the seed of heaven that came down to produce trees of righteousness. And I, I, the, the thing about a seed, which I was uh, told recently, um, is that a seed needs three things for it to germinate. It needs water, it needs nutrients, and it needs heat. That's why being baptized in the spirit and fire is so important because the seed has come. And the Lord is going to water the seed with the word. But if we do not have the fire of the Holy Spirit, that seed cannot find its way into a tree of righteousness. And so we are part man and part God. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. We're made in his likeness. That doesn't mean that God looks like Tracy, you know, or Janie. Or Sharon, it's his Holy Spirit. It's, the, it's, it's that we are, that we, God, lives on the inside of us. And he's saying, I want to see myself when I look at you. And so what begins is a very small seed. We want that to grow really big in us. And that, and that God becomes big and we become small. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And so what happened with Abraham, the mover, is he encountered the living God. He did not encounter Tracy. Now, granted, the delivery system came out of Tracy's mouth, but, but, but he encountered the living God. And that was the thing that caused him to say, can I record this? That was the thing that caused him to say, you guys, Mario, you have to listen. She has the words of life. She told me everything about myself. Amen? Jesus came to describe, 
the kingdom of heaven. And he did so by laying a foundation of the kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount, and he likened it in the parables. He went about telling uh, parables, and he said, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. And so he said, listen, not only am I going to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven in power, and you're going to see it with your eyes, and you're going to experience it with your life and, and how this kingdom is going to bless you, but you're also, I'm going to tell you about it in all of the parables so that for all who have ears to hear and eyes to see, they will have a revelation of this kingdom so that they then can get a handle on it and begin to demonstrate it in their own lives. He even came to challenge the status quo, and that's what's happening right now. He's speaking to Pharaoh, and he's saying, let my people go because they are pharisaical. And the reason that the Pharisees were, were, were uh, so offensive to him, and you would think, well, they carried the word, and they kept the word for all of those thousands of years, Right. But the reason that it was, it was he, he um, came against them is he said, you guys are hypocrites, meaning that you're actors. That on the outside, it all looks good, but on the inside, it's rotten. So I believe what he's saying today is he's saying that earthly activities and the traditions of man And having a form of godliness is not what the earth needs. We don't need a religion. Jesus did not, did not come to form a religion. He came to create a new man and a new woman so that his kingdom could be advanced in the earth. Amen? And then he was tempted, and the devil came to him, and he tempted him in his identity and his destiny. And Satan took him up a mountain, and he showed him the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. And he said, and it's interesting the words that he used, in a moment of time. So in a moment of time, he took him up on this mountain, and he said, bam, look, this is the kingdoms through all of the ages. And he said, I'm going to give these to you if you will fall down and worship me. He said, all this authority, Luke 4, 6, all this authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. You know what? That is a very true statement. Satan is not lying. Adam and Eve gave him the keys to the authority of heaven to lock that door so that man could not access heaven. And he said, made a very clear statement, I will give this to whomever I please. Meaning, I will give them the glory of the earth and all of its riches. And don't you know that a lot of people have tapped into that who are satanic worshipers and they are very successful because it's true that he does give success. And uh, like the woman, I went out to dinner with a friend last night and uh, the waitress uh, She came to the table and I said, "Um, I can see that your car is broken down and you really need a new car. And she said, how did you know that? And I said, well, uh, I'm I'm prophetic and I I heard the Holy Spirit say it. And she goes, so are you like a, what did she she say? She said, are you a psychic? No, it's Holy Spirit. Oh, so you're Mormon. (laughs) 
no. And I try really hard not to laugh, but my, me and my girlfriend were like, wow, where is this going? And uh, so she, then she just began to open up and tell us, you know, just about what's going on with her and why her car is broken down and that she needs a new car. And um, so I said, well, what kind of car do you want? And, and she told me, and I said, okay, well, let's, let's pray about this and, and see if we can't get this thing going, right? Right, Georgia? So uh, we're really believing for a new car. And, and I said, well, Jesus, Jesus, the living God, n- not Mormonism, is going to bring you a new car. So Amen. Planting seeds, man. Okay. So, the word says that Jesus took the keys of authority back from the kingdom of darkness. Don't you know that was an interesting conversation? I think I'll take those now. You've had them for 4,000 years, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and remove those from your hands. Oh, that was a glorious day. But again... Standing in front of that refrigerator. Not really using those keys. Because he, gave, he took the keys and then he said, guess what? I'm going to give them to you. I got the keys. I paid the price. I did all the hard work. Okay, let's just confess. He did all the hard work, right? I took the 39 lashes, hung on a cross. You know, I mean, just brutally, you know. I, I mean, it was just horrible. Bam, took the keys, did, did all the hard work. Only thing we have to do is receive, receive, right? All right. So then he made the, so Jesus came and he made this declaration. And my favorite is in Mark 115, the declaration where Jesus said, all right, this is my ministry. And he said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. Okay. That's all. That's done. Repent and believe in the good news. The good news is that I got the keys. I gave you the keys, and now you got to use the keys to open the door. What did I do? When I was standing there next to Abraham, I just opened the door. Opened the door. Bam, that's all I did. That simple. Isn't that awesome? And, And some of you may be going, there's a door. What? <laughs> Revelation 4.1. There's a door. All right. Sermon on the Mount. So then he goes in after he announces his ministry. Um, oh, wait. Back up. Back up. Back up. He makes the declaration and he says, okay, the time is fulfilled. I've come to fulfill all things. Yay. Now he makes a pronouncement. Okay. And he says this in Luke 4.18. In fact, we're all going to read it. It's up on the screen. Are you ready? All right. All together now. One, two, three. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. All right, so, um, so this is what he said. He said, listen, I got the keys. Now, here's what the keys do. The keys do two things. It unlocks, and notice he didn't say key. He said keys. One is to unlock that prison door and let you out. And the other is to unlock that door to heaven and let you in. 
Come on. It's the out, then the in. It's the out, then the in. It's the out, then the in. Everybody now. (laughs) Are we having fun? So easy. See, I had this dream. Um, I had this dream where um, I saw Luke 4.18 in my Bible. And I saw the finger of God, and he, he touched Luke 4.18. And he says it was Luke 4.18, but now Isaiah 61. I don't know if you, how many of you are familiar with Isaiah 61, but that's where Jesus pulled Luke 4.18 from. And if you read Isaiah 61, you read the fullness of it, it's actually so much more than Luke 4.18. Because it really does take Luke 4.18, which is amazing, but then it just explodes with promise. You see, it's the former and latter rain, that the latter rain will be greater than the former rain, that even though Jesus came and he, he showed us how to do it, and all of his disciples and apostles then showed us how to do it. And they did such a great job. Your generation is actually going to be proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord and announcing Isaiah 61 is now in the earth and we are walking in it. There was a, there was a boldness in me when I was speaking to these guys and said, you have been marked. Lift up your eyes. You have been marked. God sent a prophet to you, and you will never be the same. Let a boldness come on us that we would proclaim who these people that are lost have just encountered. Amen? And that, trust me, that wasn't me, because typically I'm a little nervous about um, um, evangelizing. Jeff can tell you. I kind of let him go out front, and I kind of hang out behind him going, that's right, but he said. (laughs) Okay. Oh, well. Anyway, I called him the minute it happened. I was like, you're never going to believe what just happened. You know, when when you're like that, and you're like, okay, I'm on. Who else? Anybody else around here need a word? Come on. Heaven is open. The gates are open. Let's get this going. Party started. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, this is what Jesus said. He made a, an astounding declaration, and he said, Hey, if you do these things on the Sermon of the Mount, you shall be perfect, just like your Father in heaven is perfect. So when I was there, I was having a perfect moment. Because heaven had something to say over these guys. And all I was doing is listening what the father was saying and seeing what the father was doing. And I became the, the outlet for that, the conduit for it. And so, therefore, there was perfection happening in that moment. And I felt that on the inside. I was exhilarated in my spirit. And my spirit was alive. And I was like, I could be addicted to this. I could get addicted to this. And so much so that the next night when I'm with Georgia and we're having dinner last night, right? I I was like, oh, your car. And And then the other guy came. He's the manager. And I was like, you're a golfer and you play golf. How did you know that? Well, it's written over your head. (laughs) But I was like, 
I have to have more of this. Because the thing is, is that the door is really open. It's really open right now. We have access to excess right now. We have access to excess. And so we've really got to say, this is true. I want to go get some of that. I don't want, I don't want Jeff having all the fun, you know? You don't want me having all the fun because I tell you this is fun to see the light come on in those people and to have a, an on-ramp for the gospel to be preached. There's nothing like it. So he tells us that if we do these two things, uh, oh, excuse me, he tells us that if we do these things in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, then, and then a couple of things will happen. He says that we will not be shaken when the shaking comes, but we will actually stand and prosper. Um, because in the Sermon on the Mount, there are a couple of things that we have to do. Number one, it's resisting six common temptations. And number two, pursuing five kingdom activities. And so he's like, there are five kingdom activities. These five activities will actually make up the pillars in your house. It's like, it's like the foundation. It's, it's creating a foundation. What do you call those things? Peers. So it's the peers of your house. If you don't do these things, then it's really going to be hard for your house to be um, set on a firm foundation. And we'll get into those a little bit later. He said, therefore, um, whoever hears these sayings of mine... And does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and it did not fail. Everyone who says to me, and then he says also, if you do these things, you'll actually be in the, the will of the Father. Um, and, he, and, he, and he gives an admonishment and he says, hey, be very careful because not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And for me, I, I used to always think that was like when you die. Like, but it's not. He's like, listen, when you are doing these things and you're in the will of the Father, you're actually going to be hearing from heaven and doing those things. And so he's talking about obedience, 100% obedience, the things that the Lord is saying. And then he goes on to say we will be fruitful because we are living according uh, to his will and according to the constitution of heaven. And he said, listen, because of this, uh, you will be a good tree that cannot bear bad fruit, but you will produce good fruit. You will be a tree of righteousness that you allow that seed to be watered, to be nourished, and you allow the fire of the Holy Spirit to hit it, and that heat causes it to grow into a great big tree that others will come and take uh, shade under. And so Jesus is preaching this, and he sees the multitude and begins to lay this foundation of the Sermon on the Mount, and he starts with the Beatitudes. And he says, listen, there are uh, these characteristics and blessings in your life. They're li actually like flowers in your garden, okay? And he says that these flowers are the garden of your heart, and, and God wants these things to fully blossom. And he gives a list, and he's saying that, that there's an um, attribute and there's a, there's a reward. So, so he's saying, I'm going to bless you when you have these attributes. And so these are the things that he's after. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
meaning poor in spirit, meaning that you don't um, exalt yourself above the words of God and you don't exalt yourself above the will of God, but you come and you come up under and you tuck um, up under him, realizing that the things that he is saying and doing is so much greater than what you're seeing in the natural, okay? And a great example of that is um, a lot of times... um, and I'll just use us for, as an example. I hope that's okay, honey. <laughs> John was, was like, what are you going to say? Um, there are times when John and I will have a conflict or there will be a disagreement. And, and sometimes if that's a big thing, then it can cause a rift or, a di- or division. And the enemy will come in and begin to talk to me about John. And begin to accuse me about who he is. Because don't you know the enemy has the goods, right? He has the goods on you. But God's got the goods. And God is saying that, that my goods are greater than his goods. Right? Because he owns the refrigerator in heaven. If they, that gets tweeted, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> so spiritual. <laughs> okay. So, so I can do one of two things. I can go around and agree with the enemy about everything that's going on with John, and he can do the same with me. Or we can choose love, and we can choose to go, nope, you shut your mouth. That is not who my husband is. Let me tell you who my husband is. This is who my husband is. And you begin proclaiming all of the things that heaven is saying over him and actually your words because you're in covenant have the power to set him free from the ways that the enemy is coming in to attack him okay ladies we are called to and 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 men both of us i'm speaking to both spouses we are called to raise the dead in each other and we are called to bring each other into life and not speak the obvious No Captain Obvious in the kingdom, right? And I can tell you that when we do that, even though there's a rift and even though there's heartache or whatever, it is the fastest way into resolution, into love, because the minute I begin to speak those things over him, it actually reminds me of those things. Even though I know them, sometimes when things in the natural start to go on, you forget. You're like, huh. (laughs) you know, but then you get, then, then you go to God, go to God and say, tell me, show me my husband, show me my wife, because this is the key. And, and, you know, the, 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 um, the, um, Sermon on the Mount, it talks about marriage in the Sermon on the Mount. God is so invested in families because he understands that families represent him because he is a family. And, he, and he, he, he wanted Adam because he wanted to have a family. Because there was, there was within the Trinity, just like there is between a husband and wife, you have an internal love where you're connected to one another. And you're looking for an external representation of that love. It's like I have to, I have, to have more because this love is so great. I need to have children so that my love can grow. Come on. Woo, it's getting hot up here. 
All right, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, so they shall be comforted. That word means that he will draw near to us when you're mourning. And um, uh, I tell the interns here, I said, you know, when you're hurt and you have been struck and you are, your heart is aching, um, I really want to encourage you to first take your cares to the Lord. I have learned a very important principle in this, this walk with the Lord, and it came, unfortunately, towards the end of my, my walk, and, and really just recently in the past year, and I had a dear friend, Danius Duda, who said to me, you need to take your cares to the Lord. And I thought, that's ridiculous. I'm going to go tell everybody, and then I'm going to feel better because I'm a woman, and I have to emote, okay? I've got to get everything out of me, and I've got to keep talking about it until I feel better. But the problem was I wasn't feeling any better, and the situations were typically getting worse. And so the Lord's, uh, and so uh, the Lord really told me what she's saying is true, and so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try this just to see if it works. And um, many of you may be far ahead of me, but I was, you know, maybe the last to catch on to this. Um, so I began to go to the Lord with my cares and things that made me sad. And I, I just used that language, you know, like somebody hurt me or I, I feel rejected or I feel sad in my heart. And I, I would explain everything that I felt to him. And what I was doing is I was actually mourning. I was, my heart was mourning and I was pouring out my cares to the Lord and he drew near to me. And he began to heal my heart. And he took the cares of my heart away. And this did, this did something. It allowed me to keep covenant with my words over the people that wounded me. So therefore, I didn't judge them. I just took what hurt my heart to the Lord. He healed my heart. And there was no need for me to break covenant or to curse them, or which, by the way, is just cursing yourself. It's, it was cursing me. And so I thought, wow. And I found now that, 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 that it's increased uh, wisdom and knowledge and love and blessings in my life. So that's just a key. Um, so, so blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, blessed are, th- are the meek, for they shall inherit the kingdom. Um, uh, meekness is not weakness. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they um, shall be filled. Um, I don't know about you, but I am so hungry. I want to eat everything in that refrigerator. And then I, wanna, I want another refrigerator. Bring the Mack truck in, the refrigerated truck, because I'm going to eat everything in that. And, and I'm like, God, and here's the thing about a corporate uh, community. When you're in community, your hunger will grow more. And because it's like taking a coal away from a fire and it gets cold. But when you put it back to the fire, it immediately catches fire again. If you want to stay sharp and hungry, stay in a community of people who you know, hear from the Lord, follow the Lord, hearing a now word from the Lord, and they are people that are fiery. Go with the fiery. You don't play tennis with somebody who can't play tennis, right? I had a friend one time that said, uh, do you want to play tennis? And I said, I would love to play tennis. She was a great tennis player. And I said, I would love to play tennis. Um, let me see if I can find my racket. It's somewhere in my garage. And she said, you don't know where it is? And I said, no, it's somewhere in my garage. And she said, never mind. <laughs> okay. That was the end of that game. 
Blessed are those who, okay, okay, I already did that. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These eight flowers must be cultivated as we weed our garden by, number one, resisting the six common temptations, and as we water our garden by pursuing the five kingdom activities and I'm going to end there, and then we'll pick up uh, next week on, um, on those um, five kingdom activities and the six common temptations. How does that sound good? Um, so I, here's what I feel like the Lord wants to do as we end. Um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that a lot of you need your seed to, be, uh, to have fire on your seed. So I would like for, um, if that's you and you just feel like there's maybe a dullness in your spirit or you need uh, just a fresh infilling, a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit, um, prayer team, would you come up and um, we want to just lay hands on you and just release some fire. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? All right. Praise the Lord. And then the rest of you, if you want to hang out and visit and love on each other, you're welcome to do so. Let me pray over you. Everybody stand. Well, Father, I do. I just thank you, God, for these seeds of righteousness. I thank you, Father, that they are oaks of righteousness, Father, that you are growing us up into trees that well, many, many will come and take shade under. I thank you, Father, that 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 those that think they have been disqualified, if that is you, I just hear the Holy Spirit saying there are some in this room that think they've been disqualified from these activities and from seeking the kingdom. The Lord said, I am not finished and I am going to finish what I've started in you. And you can bet that I'm much better at what I do than what the enemy does. And all I'm requiring of you is that you say, I surrender all. Just say it. I surrender all. We had a good friend that one time said, if, uh, his name's Covey uh, Miller, and he's got kind of a, a southern accent, and he said, well, if you feel like you're holding on too tight, just let go. So if that's you and you feel like this is not working, my life is falling apart, I'm holding on too tight, the Holy Spirit is saying, today is your day, just let go, just let go. So, Father, I thank you, and I pray, God, that you would release your fire today. You would bless all of us. I thank you, Father, that we are on the cusp of a great outpouring. I thank you, Father, that you are finishing what you've started in us, God, and that we can have hope for a future because you are the God of hope and that you are our future. And I just bless all of you this week. Go out and prophesy. The door is open. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.